Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are the Knights of the High Table, ready to go with Pistols at Dawn. It's Shane Beauregard. What's up? And Chris Frodell. Hit me. Because <laughs> <laughs> Cut Me was already taken from when we were doing Creed. Uh, yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Shoot me? Yeah. I do love, we, we uh, just to, you know, this is not a video podcast, but we are recording video in front of each other. Um, <laughs> uh, we also find it very funny that we, ne- I never change my name on here. I always go with just Andrew Morgan. And Shane never changes his name. It's always Chris doing the funny name, which he has a great one. He has henchman number 44 listed for tonight. And then Shane and I both sign on with Baba Yaga, uh, which is absolutely (laughs) perfect. And it shows how much enthusiasm we have uh, for this, which I'm just catching up to you guys. I will admit from the jump that before John Wick 4 came out, I had to play a little catch-up because I had only seen the first John Wick and I had not seen part two and three. Shout out to Peacock for letting me watch two and three before I saw four. But I have now strong opinions about the franchise because I'm fully caught up. I just, if anything, I'm just super mad at myself that I was not able to or didn't see the second or third one in the theaters. And I'm sure uh, you guys can also relay those feelings or feel the you know empathize with that a little bit especially you Shane which we've constantly been saying you know with this crazy franchise streak we have on a lot of action movies a lot of genre fare that this is still you know the winter of Shane or you know <laughs> now heading into uh the spring of Shane uh with John Wick now being in the fold so Help us out, Shane. What do you love about this John Wick series, and why were you so pumped for part four? (laughs) Well, first of all, this is the first episode I'm doing pantless. I'm doing a pantless (laughs) review right now. This is too bad you guys can't see it. You should just do Um, chat. I can stand up if you want, though. I can stand up if you want. No, no. no. Sit, Um, sit. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, um, what's not to like about this series? Like, some of the best fight choreography, scenery, Plus Keanu Reeves, like for me, the first one up until this one was the best of the franchise. Two, I had a little issue with Ruby Rose as being the main villain in the second one. Mm. Third, kind of jumped the shark once he fell off and took like five careening shots yeah. off the building. Yeah, we'll get to that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, eh, okay, but this one, oh, man, three hours. What was it? Two hours and fifty minutes? Something close Something. to that. Yeah, yeah, not long enough. Not long enough. I could have watched five hours of this stuff, man. Yeah. Like, I love the additions of Donnie Yen as Kane. Mm-hmm. We'll get into what I didn't like, but I liked, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Haraki. Hiroyuki Sonata. 
Yeah. Sonata. Well, I love him. Like we saw him. We when did we last see him in Bullet Train? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which ironically, yeah. he played the elder, which is a, yes. a different name of a character in here. So that's funny. Yeah. But it's just the action scenes. It's the the Chad S as we describe as we talked off mic. Yes. Stahelski. No. Yes. yes. Knows how to direct fight scenes. And again, it's the set pieces. It's just everything in this franchise. It is probably honestly the best action franchise. Period. End of story. Yeah, I mean he is yeah. Chad Stahelski has been around forever, being you know stuntman and you know act like fight coordinators for some of the biggest action movies forever. And John Wick was you know he didn't even direct fully the first movie he co-directed that one and now he's taken full aim on this and really coming into his own as a director i mean four movies in his own franchise to start out the gate of your career is impressive and i think this movie not to get too far ahead i think he's getting better with his direction as it goes and this one was just like unreal and i know he has a a new editor on this film too, which ironically to to uh, applaud the editing of a film that's almost three hours is feels weird <laughs> to say uh, when yeah. the rest what was the longest one before that two ten, so yeah. something yeah, it's amazing that they did a much better job. Things were so tight, the stories were compact. <laughs> I don't know how they added so many characters, and I cared about basically all of them in some regard that I had some real, real strong feelings of all of them. But I agree, Shane, like this one, adding Donnie Yen, adding Hiroyuki Sonata, Shemir Anderson, uh, who I said to Chris off mic, you know, was in three, three not so good Netflix movies that he toiled in obscurity and then finally gets uh, his chance to be Mr. Nobody here. Uh, Clancy Brown, we'll, we'll get into all of that, but Chris, give me the lowdown of where you felt this series was coming into part four. Oh, I think I, I am in agreement with uh, you guys saying that it, it, as Shane said, best series of films, uh, you know, action films. Yeah. Because, you know, you can give us Expendables. You can give us, you know, all these other uh, franchises or attempts at being franchises. Yeah. And they fall short in some way. Yeah. This one, even though they weren't, solid three great films you know there was something to love out of all you know all three of them at the time yeah until now uh and i was saying it was like probably you know i i know i said this about something before but this is like one of the best trilogies yeah is that you know there it when it was a trilogy it felt like beginning middle end right you know end question mark and then obviously they give you a fourth but just the action set pieces, like you said, Andrew, it, it's just they're all imaginative mm-hmm. and they're they're engaging and you're caring about each one of these characters For in sure. some way or form. Yeah. You know, you may, you know, really hate one character, but you'll also feel for someone who's on the receiving end of a beatdown or an attack. Right. But, you know, what other franchise can you say? You feel that way, yeah. And I, I can't think of one right now. Yeah, not many franchises. I, I, I struggle to think of like almost one man mission type things that aren't like related to like spy thrillers 
in a way. Like, so, you know, throw out your Mission Impossibles, throw out your Borns, you know, things like that. This is the first one in a while, at least, uh, if I'm not remembering, or at least not taken from another, you know, Asian property or something like the Killer series or something that I know this is heavily uh, influenced by. You know, these type of movies don't really come around, especially in America, and it's it's outrageous to see, especially when Keanu is in what his fifties, mid fifties, I think yeah, now or something. 50s. Late fifties. He's fifty eight, fifty nine. Oh, that's crazy. I, I for yeah. some reason I thought he was like fifty four. God, that guy doesn't age. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and especially yeah. to you know to do a lot of that work, you know, is impressive. Like it's it's just, ugh. Like I respect it so much. It's so weird when we deal with like, you know the Liam Neesons of the world and, and yep. Bruce Willis aging out and things like that. It's good to see like a certain crop pop up. And then this might be the elite of the elite. What I wanted to kind of go through first before we get to how well it's doing and everything else for me watching the franchise, I'm an outlier that I think two is a little better than one. And my reasoning for that is the way I see the franchise going was one was just a straight revenge thing. You killed my dog, you woke the beast, and now I'm just going to run roughshod through anyone who's in my way. Don't mess with my car. You know, the basic stuff <laughs> that, you know, is made fun of a little bit as the series goes on, which is nice. There's a levity to it. But part two, what I liked, I agree with you, Shane, that the Ruby Rose thing is just like window dressing. It's odd, but at least there was a central figure that was like kind of the puppeteer of it. So there was like a through line to one guy that he knows he need to get through and then add these little side characters like the fight with Common, the fight with Ruby Rose, the fight with certain characters that kind of boss leveled it as it went through. The third movie, I agree, does it kind of gets off the rails a little bit and really tries to amplify stuff with the high table and all these other things that you need it basically, again, like whether you want to say the third one walks or the third one stumbles, so part four can, you know, really fly. However, you want to put it, I think it was necessary, but it is clearly the worst of the franchise. And as we mentioned here, even their worst efforts are insanely watchable, and parts are just like, you know, either the whole movie's an insane rewatchability. Or at least at worst, if you take part three and you just took clips, you'd be like, damn, this movie's so good. So yeah, there's a lot of those efforts. And what I love about part four, if we're going to start a little bit, is that I think it took all the lessons that it took from all four, all three that came before it and just ran with it. Like just completely took off. And I I think it's the best effort so far. So we'll, we'll go um, with that as the launching point. But yes, we talked about casting. Keanu Reeves is back. Ian McShane is back. Lawrence Fishburne is back. RIP to Lance Reddick. They even, uh, uh, weird timing of all of that, right? Because Lance Reddick yeah. gets his uh, kind of send off in the movie, at in the credits, and obviously uh, passed away in real life. Uh, real shame because I love him in this series. Excellent additions, as Chris already, or excuse me, as Shane already mentioned. Donnie Yen, Hiroyuki Sonata, Shimazu, uh, Bill Skarsgård as the marquee. We'll get to that as like probably the best villain that they've had thus far. And then adding the layers of his villainy, you know, and his team to go with it. 
Uh, Shamir Anderson is Mr. Nobody, a.k.a. The Tracker. Clancy Brown is The Harbinger. Uh, Rina Sawayama as Akira. She's uh, apparently a big singer overseas uh, that I didn't know, and now she's getting into the acting and thing. And she might have a larger role going forward. We don't know um, for anyone who's stuck around for the extra credit scene. And by the way, um, if you're here in listening to a podcast about the fourth installment of a series of movies, and you don't think we're going to spoil it from the get. You're an idiot. So I love you. Thank you for coming in, especially to this podcast. But um, let's let's get it together. Let's let's understand each other that we're here to celebrate the John Wick series, and we're here to absolutely run roughshod through this three-hour epic uh, that I hope we all enjoyed. Um, current scores. To- yeah, go I was going to say, we apologize to the first-time listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's good when your host calls you out. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the scores are impressive. Absolutely impressive. I didn't believe it when the early scores were so impressive, because I've seen some early scores on some movies that we really didn't like too much yeah. uh, get pretty uh, good early scores. But this one, they all held um 95% rotten tomato score with a 95% rotten tomato audience score as well uh 78 meta score which for an action movie is almost unheard of uh 8.5 imdb and a 4.2 on letterbox huge numbers like easily uh top notch uh the probably the best scores i've seen all year that maybe wasn't, especially from a festival, some you know potential Oscar bait for later in the year. So this is impressive. And we're seeing uh, in this chapter four of John Wick, we're seeing John Wick uncovering a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Uh, this movie made a shit ton of money. <laughs> Which is insane because when I went Sunday night, it didn't feel that packed. Um, but still, uh, 137.5 million mm. over the weekend, 73.5 of that domestically in the U.S. Each John Wick film has had a better opening than the last, and this one had the biggest, obviously, thus far. Nobody is scared of that longer running time. So we'll start with Shane because, again, this is the month of Shane. Uh, to go yes. into more specifics. Should we stand up now? No? Okay. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll stay seated. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I could turn your video off if that would happen, uh, but if I could, I'd be, oh, yeah, man, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go, buddy. Let's uh, let, let okay. let's do this now. Um, John Wick is back in your life. How happy are you, sir? I, I, I couldn't be happier, man. Like, it's funny because I took no notes when I saw this movie because I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to embrace it all and just let it all run over me. And it was oh so good. Yeah, it was. In fact, I'm going to see it again. I'll probably see it again in the theater. There's there's no doubt in my mind. This is probably the most as when you talk about franchises, this this franchise is it's one of the franchises that came out of left field. Yeah. Like John Wick was a. It didn't have a big budget, the first one. It came out and just surprised everybody. And it just, it keep, like you said, it keeps running from there. I, I'm i going to disagree with you a little bit on the second one because I I thought if they would have switched to Common and Ruby Rose roles in the second one, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Sure. But it is what it is. But, man, this one, like we said off the top, man, like three, like 
it did not feel like a three hour movie in my opinion. Yeah. Like it just, the tempo was great. Yeah. Great action. I love the Donnie Yen character. He's probably my favorite character in this, the new addition to this movie. So good. Cause outside of Bill Skarsgård, you feel empathy for all these characters. Like Chris said, like you feel for these characters, you don't hate any character outside of Bill Skarsgård. Right. Which it took me a while to get to come around to him in this movie. I didn't really like him when I was first analyzing this movie. Okay. But he had like a cold calculating way about him that I kind of respected as when I rethink about this movie. So, and, and Mr. Nobody, I, I had a hard time wrapping my brain on that one too. Like I'm not familiar with that actor. I know you said he was in three failed Netflix movies. Yeah. That you probably saw it too. I think Chris and I were talking about that off, off air where like yeah. he even thought you may have liked certain ones, but um, he was in, okay. I, off the top of my head, I know he was in awake, which was that like okay. sci-fi movie with the, I think it's Gina Rodriguez um, where like everybody can't, go to sleep and it becomes like this national uh. crisis kind of sci-fi thing <laughs> and then um uh he was in bruised with halle berry ah, uh, he was in that go. one okay and he was also in a third one that i can't remember at this time so uh and yeah i forget what you said so i, I know i, I can't even yeah. back you up on that yeah but, but like, he's always been good I, I had, even yeah the and i liked him in this role i just he was probably the hardest character i had a place in this movie because i just felt like he was a spectator at the end of it, like he didn't really play a big, huge part in. I liked his dog, but like, yeah, I don't know. But the Donnie Yen character for me, as Kane, really sold it, man. Like he is phenomenal. Like I, I love that guy. So yeah, geez, I, I cannot wait to see this again. I might see this two more times in the theater, man. Like for real. Like I'm going out there Friday. I might go out there another day. I'm all over this movie. When you think about franchises, and you alluded to this earlier. Pick a fourth film in a franchise and you call it the best. Like that's hard. To, that's hard to freaking do. Or that's even, hard to pull off. Or even good at number four. Tell me what. Like right. you know, it's hard to pick. I'm not a big fan of like horror. Usually gets more into that deep franchise thing, right? right. Very rarely. I mean, because what's the fourth Die Hard? Live for your Die Hard. That's not anywhere close to what right. we no. got in the original uh, three. And you know, uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I forgot that even got to four. Four's a little fun, but it's not, again, recapturing what it was. And, again, came much later, I think, too, after three. So this one to have, like, in succession, like, there was a decent gap between three and four. But I think they almost just used it to their advantage. I think they really combed over this. I heard the original cut was four hours, and they debated whether they wanted to take it as – four and five back to back, which I, 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 I want to see it. I, 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 <laughs> I do, but I kept saying, I, I had this conversation with some other people, including my brother off mic. And I was just like, where do you stop the story though? That isn't where this is. And be like, they would have had to literally release John wick four and done like, what was it? Matrix two and three. They were separated by like six months or something or something some, like that, yeah. uh, some short amount of time. It would have had to been like that because if you ended this movie, I don't know what a comfortable halfway point in this movie is, but I, I would probably say say it's before he ends up in Paris, maybe. Like maybe it ends with the dance club scene or and he and he joins Basque with the Roma Ruskies or whatever. Like if it ends there, are you like, oh, this movie's excellent? No. You'd be like, 
oh, I can't wait for the next one, but you're not like, oh, man, this is the best of the franchise. The way they did, I think they made the absolute right decision to cut it down to where they were and keep it as just one solid movie. Uh, but I agree with a lot of what you said there, Shane. Like, I, I oh, my God. I, I, I took notes almost just so I can, you know, remember certain things. Like, <laughs> my type of notes, Shane, you might uh, appreciate this. My first note, nunchucks with an exclamation point. That was my first note that I took with this movie. Otherwise, I was letting it wash over me, and I was like, should I even take notes? But now I'm, I'm glad I did because I was keeping track of certain scenes that I like. Um, later, I want to ask you guys, and maybe, Shane, you want to start noodling it now, um, the uh, the set pieces, the end of, like, between Osaka Continental, Berlin Nightclub, Paris uh, Before Sunrise at the Arc de Triomphe, uh, you know, Paris in the Abandoned Mansion, Paris Up the Steps, like, each individual one of those, I almost want to, like, power rank them in a way. I want to see, like, what everybody, because that's Ooh. a hard favorite. It's a really hard mm. fare. So I'm curious uh, to know where you guys go with that here. Um, Chris, how did you feel about the movie, buddy? I uh, We've just been talking glowingly about this. I mean, we haven't even uh, yeah. you know touched upon story and whatnot. But I got to say, take story out of it. Yeah. It is a visual delight. Yeah. Uh, of I, I think one of my uh, things that I, I picked on this time was uh, I told you, Andrew, is that, you know, when they're firing arrows all over the place and uh, one guy gets in a leg and yeah. stuck to the wall. Yeah. John kills him and he's just dangling by his leg. Yeah. I was like, that is so awesome. That's like attention to detail that most action films just like gloss over. They get to the next scene, get next kill. Yeah. But that was just like, this is what makes it stand above all others yeah is the attention to detail the the fact that they're not just firing guns for firing guns they you know reload they you know get jammed they it's just <laughs> it's kind of weird saying this it's realistic yeah but it's so <laughs> over the top it to me this time i don't know if the other three because I really do have to do a rewatch. Mm -hmm. If the other three felt this way to me as the fourth one, but the fourth one felt like a live action anime. I've seen where... some people say that. It does get a little loosey goosey cartoonish yeah. at times. But I think this movie, I think it amped up the humor in this yeah. movie, which is interesting. It's an interesting switch. It's uh, so I think this has the most kind of loose action with it where like but but well, yeah the way uh, you're I'm, doing it like almost like kung fu hustle like but not cartoon like not that right. sl speed up slow down no, stuff not, like in real like time that. version yes. of doing that so li like shane uh, said I, I will get into detail. the and i said this to you off of mike too they gotta stop throwing this guy off buildings and smashing shit on the way down that's the only yeah. time where i go okay all right no I'm, I'm i can't i can't sign off on that i can't do that but Give me everything else. Give me all the gun foo you got. Like, let's just keep going. But yeah, I agree. That but I, the attention I'm, to detail I'm, is incredible. I'm not, I'm not saying that it, uh, anime is a bad thing. I'm saying like you know, no, it just sure. reminds me of like the uh, the characters. You know, you basically have the blind swordsman. You have like yeah. all these uh, henchmen descending on our protagonist, 
in, in like grand fashion where you're just like, how is he going to get out of this? Yeah. He just somehow does. Yeah. And uh, it's like it's they just, saw the fight it's scene amazing. in Kill Bill where they, you know, volume one killing all yeah, of the 88, 88 and then yeah. just making it the franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's incredible. That's great. You know, and, and without yeah. the interesting part about this, too, is that uh, there's articles going around with how shockingly little dialogue Keanu Reeves has in this movie. And I was like, yeah, because they finally got like what this is. We don't need it. And for, for the little impact. Of, or excuse me for the little amount of words that he has the impact's huge like his yeah. gravestone the whole thing like every little thing is very purposeful or the brevity is so needed to kind of show how he is yeah. with other people that it makes it hilarious you know at times did they too. not see the previous three i know because like know. he probably has like a pamphlet size of dialogue that he said throughout all four yeah like yeah. it's really not that grand and he's a man of few words and he's all about action. Yeah. So like stop complaining. Yeah. <laughs> well the three of us are all about action and it tells you a lot when we're sitting here glowing again as a, a, a number 4 in the franchise about the franchise as a whole and if you're like talking about minimal dialogue, you know, care uh villains that maybe don't work and yet you're still like, God damn it, I could just rewatch the hell out of these things over and over. Yeah. It's astounding. And and uh, this one, again, for the runtime, it's the most rewatchable one they have. I like yeah. when the movie ended and I stayed until the end credit scene, I literally said I wanted them to fire it up again. I would have just stayed in my seat yeah. and I would have just yeah. watched it all again until I fell asleep. <laughs> you know, and good luck trying to fall asleep in a movie like this, of course, even if it's like 2 a.m. It was like 1130 when it stopped and I was like, yeah, let's do it again and again. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm that Wu-Tang skit. So yeah. Um, any other things, Chris, before uh, we kind of move forward? No, uh, that's uh, I love this movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, some of the the biggest standout. I'm curious to know your uh, vision on this, there, Shane, as well. The cinematography was the one thing that I wrote down more above everything else. I mean, there's a million things to love about it, but this stood out for me, which was wild because it's the same cinematographer Dan Lawson, uh that was, I think part two and three. I don't think he did the first one, but he did two, three, and now four. And this movie is beautiful. Like mm -hmm. th yeah. they are, they kind of, you know, the previous stuff, they did a lot with neons where it felt not lazy, but kind of like, you know, I've seen this kind of like, you know, in sci-fi movies or if they go into Japan or other Asian countries, they do a lot of that, like ultra <clears throat> neon blown out kind of, you know, lighting. This one was just, like, artsy. It was like you got, especially uh, doing all the stuff in Osaka, that continental stuff was gorgeous between the museum staging, or whatever you want to call it, that room where it has all the glass yeah. or whatever, and, you know, they really do a much better job, better than that fight scene towards the end of part three, which had a lot of glass, um, with that guy who was basically like, it's a pleasure to fight you and then just fucking kills over and dies that guy, which yeah. by the way is like the precursor to Mr. Nobody. Cause Mr. Nobody has a lot of fascination and desire to be John wick in a lot of ways where he has the dog. He keeps in the shadows. He's very skilled. You know, it, it, it has a lot of commonalities with John wick as a character. And I think that's part of the thing 
of where they see eye to eye towards the end of the movie. And it kind of goes with that because they've been playing with that the whole movie. Um, but yeah, the, the cinematography with um, those like the blossom trees like that uh, in Asia, like all the pinks and the hues and the and everything else, the. Berlin Fight Club, or excuse me, Fight, I should call it the Fight Club, the Berlin yeah. Dance Club, where like, yeah. by the way, so many people just clearly ignoring what's happening, which is so Russian. That's amazing. It's, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just these people, which, you know, we've seen in like, I think like the Batman or like some of these other movies where it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go through like a crowd of people and just fucking punch and kill a bunch of people around you. And they're like, yeah, let's keep dancing. Yeah. And just like keeps going. <laughs> This one was like on eleven with that. It was like, it was almost like that uh, scene in the uh, the second Matrix movie where they have like. I was that, thinking that. Yeah, where just everybody keeps dancing while the world's burning. But like this one, there was like <laughs> full on murders constantly happening around them, and they're just like, "Yeah, that's that new dance move, the the kick punch, shove a guy over a railing thing." You know, shoot him in the face <laughs> dance that everybody was talking about on TikTok. Um, but yeah, that scene's you can only insane. do it once. I know, yeah. <laughs> but so many likes. Um, but the uh, all the like the 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 showering down the water and all that stuff. Like God, so good. And basically, they went WWE with with how he fought the Russian guy in the middle there, and. God, so every single time it was just massively beautiful cinematography mixed with a lot of stuff that felt new and refreshing in the series while also just showing how skilled everyone is in the fight choreography. It's just Ugh. unbelievable. Um, so, <laughs> but I do have to agree, like reiterate. Much like in the Berlin Club thing, stop throwing him off great heights and it, it landing hard as hell on something and expecting <laughs> yeah. me to go, yeah, 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 cool, and then do it later in the like. They're just like now he's Bugs Bunny. It's 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 yeah. it, insane thing with that. But yeah, even stuff like the soundtrack was better in this one. Like they actually amped up and purchased songs. They added the uh, the spy only DJ. I don't know how you get that job, but I really want that just to be like, all right, here's this track. If you want some background noise while you're murdering someone, here you go. Yeah. Here's paint it black in the French. All right, here we go. Um, so I love that, that them playing nowhere to run and all these other things. Yeah. It's just such an impressive movie um, that it, for where it started, where it's just like, okay, you know, he's almost like, presumed dead and then just rises like a phoenix goes into the desert take no prisoners and then just keep it going and every time they entered a new character that we haven't met yet i was like i love this guy i want him here forever and then when he dies i feel really bad so right it's incredible so do we want to talk about those kind of like set pieces do you guys have a favorite in terms of all of those, I, I I could kick it off if you don't and need a little time because weirdly, to me it's Osaka because I love the introduction of all those guys, all their skill set, Donnie Yen, um, and just <laughs> the uh, him especially being the blind swordsman, blind you know assassin, however you want to put it, uh, with him with the. <laughs> like the doorbell sort of thing setting up to hear where people are crossing and then shooting them up and killing them was outrageously 
Ah, <laughs> oh, just so good. Um, and then Sonata, I mean, like, between him and the relationship with his daughter and the protection of his place, he's like Winston 2.0 after we already yeah. have Winston in our lives and continue to have Winston in our lives. So I, he just did so well. And I, I think so many things mattered. There was a lot of stakes in this movie. And it started off right there. And I was like, I don't know how they could top this. And I think they came close. But I still, I think, liked that the most. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. That was my favorite. The whole Continental Osaka scene with the introduction of those two characters was just hands down my favorite of the movie. Yeah. Close second. I did like the Paris step scene towards the end. Yeah. The whole duel. Sure. I did like that. That's the runner up, but yeah. no, it's it's the Continental man. Like that whole, in, like you said, introducing those characters. There's high stakes there. I cared about those characters. Like I cared about that character. Yeah. Uh, it just it didn't get any better. That was like the. Uh, it's hard to say what's the peak, but that was the peak to me. I think it was that whole was that whole scene right there. Yeah, and, and like you said, I forgot about the Don Yen, like like trying to find out where people are coming from, like how we did all that that i totally forgot about that but that was fucking cool <laughs> yeah and not to mention as as previously stated by me nunchucks fucking nunchucks yeah. was so cool every bit of that like i was in the theater shane and chris like i already told you off off mic i was in there like by myself didn't go with anyone else i'm amongst strangers and yet during the movie i'm like oh Oh, yeah! Like, I'm just, like, Same. screaming. And I can't remember Same. the last movie that I did that with. You know, even with friends that I've seen the movie. And I saw Top Gun Maverick with Chris. And I still haven't had that, he like, burst out He was silent like a priest. Yeah. And, like, God, this movie, multiple times, just, I burst out, like, oh, shit! <laughs> you know, like, so many times. Um, and oh, also, yeah. man, how have we waited so long in this franchise to have sumo wrestlers in my life. Like to have sumo guards. Yes. Bring it into my <laughs> life. Bring it into the fold. Please. Loved it. Chris, where do you then, sit on that, man? With the uh the sumo guys, uh, they were almost like two uh two doors that you <laughs> yes. had to pass yeah. through. They they when they stood next to each other, I was just like, How do you get through that? How do you get through that? Yeah. But I I, I really there are so many set pieces to choose from yeah but i i definitely love the arc de triomphe because that is just like him really doing the the car stuff yeah him him picking up that gun off the ground and like that is real that's yeah. not like you know you know he's up on strings he's got you know a green screen no he's driving that car with no doors, yeah, yeah. picking up his gun, people just getting ping ponged yeah. by you know it's frogger. cars, it's real life frogger. cars, yeah, yeah. It was just amazing, and I I really wanted that to never end. Sure, I was just like, oh my god, who else is gonna step in? Like, listen, I I think we've established throughout this podcast <laughs> that I'm a coward, and uh, you know I'm not gonna pursue. Yeah someone you know after they like hit me i'm (laughs) like no i'm i'm done i'm going home yeah forget this yeah some of these guys they get hit and they go back into it i'm just like just stay down the amount of cocaine that has to be in that movie (laughs) like to just be like yeah no i'm good keep hitting me yeah let's do this yeah to have that adrenaline i don't know 
I got hit by a van, but I don't care. I'm just going to keep on walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might want like doing Jesus bumps Christ. off his fingers yeah. as he's going along. Yeah. But that was so wild. And, and again, like, you know, I've never seen that before. Like, yeah, sure. You've seen once or twice someone get bumped by a vehicle uh, and, and bumped out of the way. Yeah. And they're presumed dead. Sure. But, man, it was just like nonstop. And there's like people coming out of the woodwork. Uh, working for their 20 grand uh, i'm sorry 20 million yeah yeah uh, at that point i don't even know if it it made it past that but yeah you know yeah. the price just keeps on going up and everyone's getting that money yeah exactly yeah so yeah so yeah i understand that though like the the sheer madness and honestly if i was to say what scene was probably the hardest to shoot it's the arc to triumph thing and that is an editor's like not only nightmare, but once you get through it, if you could pull it off, that's like you're real for life. Like that is look at what I was able to pull off and make this seemingly again, you're literally going in circles for so long and every part was so just slowed down and well timed and just the precision you need. And that's I'll That's your real. I know. That's why yeah. this is where I will just where my two minds meet my my oscar you know bougie bullshit mind and my <laughs> my love of genre like and especially it. certain ones the melding of that i will be mad mad if john wick 4 is not nominated at the oscars in either editing cinematography or some level of uh, something else because oh. holy hell <laughs> This movie just covered all the bases, and I don't care that it's this type of movie, air quotes, or like a genre fair, whatever. We just came off, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once, winning like, what, five, six, whatever, seven Oscar, whatever it was. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's bring all this into the fold. It is a beautifully crafted movie. I mean, Top Top Gun can come in. Sure, and Avatar nominee, and all that shit. Come on, then, this is yeah more impressive to me. And, and, I, I agree, yeah. but I do think that it's going to take a hit because of the genre that it's in. They're going to be like, oh, John Wick. And it's so easy to dismiss a movie like this. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Some of my clients are like, oh, John Wick. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's awesome. Like, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, But I think it's going to di- get dismissed a little bit. But like you said, it should be nominated for something. Like you said, Chris, if Top Gun could get nominated. Yeah. This I, I'm sorry, and you know I love better. Tom Cruise, but this was better than Top Gun. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And and to your point, now that I've thought about it a little bit, Shane, do you have a part four that's even close in mind? Like Rocky Four is the only thing I could come up with that I'm like, yeah, that was at least an entertaining movie. It was entertaining, but was on this yeah. yeah, on this level, no. Lethal Weapon Four was, I think, is underrated that's the joe pesci one right that's the uh introduced jet lee to everybody pretty much um that was a little underrated but it's not on this level i can't think of a film a fourth in a franchise that operates on this high of a level than john wick four yeah and as far as the action goes and everything else i mean the only other movies that i've seen in my lifetime when i like close my eyes and i think best fight scenes best things like that like it's you know, it's hard-boiled, it's early Chow Young fat and early John Woo movies. And then I think of, 
you know, your raids and kind of some of even some of the copies of the raid, like uh, Night Comes for Us and things like that. Is there anything else that like comes to mind where you're like can even hold a candle to what we're witnessing right now? What I'm thinking of is uh, Daniel Craig is Bond. Didn't he do four movies in a row or whatever? He would, would that count did. as a comparison? I mean, uh, Casino they're very Royale, different movies, but I'm thinking Sky, as far as like the quality still, of action. But yeah, sure. I mean, I there's action say, set pieces in that, but it's not prominent. Right. Sorry, and, and you mentioned this earlier, Andrew, but the last act of Kill Bill 1 to me right. was, yeah, that operates at a high level. Yeah. And I think this is right on par with the crazy and nuttiness of that whole last act. Right. And that's why we love the raid, too, because you have that one building that we're just going up from level to level to level, and you're doing that close quarter fighting stuff that we've come to love, that people, like I said, the night comes for us, comes to mind as people that came after uh, the early seasons of Daredevil, where they would copy some of those, that fighting style yeah. and things like that. Those type of things are what get me out of bed as far as like action stuff goes. And then this is as far as like hand to hand combat and gun fare, that gung fu as we've kind of, you know, come to think. Chris, remind me because you had that as your fun uh, Friday trivia stuff. Yeah. You said it originated with the John Woo that, that somebody yeah. named it after. He did he have the moniker himself? Did well, he say I, it? I think it was named for him, okay. but he was the one who who kind of married the two. Yeah, of uh, you know martial arts and and gunplay. Yeah, and that was all the way back to '86. Yeah, because I think Hard you know? Boiled is like '89 or something like that. It's yeah. still like late '80s. So yeah, that that stretch when he's doing you know God mm -hmm. just uh, some of the best. But like that, like I said, the the influences of like that period of Asian action movies is apparent with this, where it's mm -hmm. yeah. it's the killer, it's you know, it's hard boiled, it's all that. So, um, and that's the type of stuff I love. And are you guys fans of that too? Have you guys got deep into oh, yeah. old John Woo oh, and all yeah. that? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I, I released the White Doves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, of course, they had. I think it's in this movie, right? I don't know. I just binge watched. Like, when they're all at the, the table yeah, 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 at the, yeah. uh, they had, the duel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know if those were doves, but they clearly had just like yeah. whitish birds that were just fl flailing <laughs> around in the background. That was like, yeah, yeah. you know what's up. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's get into uh, the villain stuff because Shane was saying he had some issue with Skarsgård maybe at first blush or or and maybe it's lived better in your mind since I don't know but one I dug the accent the accent didn't kill me so that's step one I guess with this I just like that we had a central figure that still had to be like involved uh throughout because like like I said what I liked about part two is that the guy uh the Italian guy with his sister and that whole thing like the the marker and the whole thing like that, I thought, really tied the movie together better than part one a little bit. And that's why I thought they stepped up a little bit from one to two. Even though I love part one. That's not a, a knock at all. But in this movie, I think it learned its lesson with that where it's like early and often and have this guy supremely involved. Having him call in the shots. Having him work with uh, the dual thing and setting that up not too far off. Um into the movie because I don't know, that's probably a little after halfway when they come up with the dual thing. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, he, so he's more heavily involved than any other villain. 
And he's well established with that scene with Winston uh, early on in the the uh, around New York in the old con- around the neighborhood of the old Continental. And I was just so impressed with how they utilized him that I and I thought his performance is well enough. Uh, as opposed to like, it's funny you brought up Bond, Chris. Like, how would you compare maybe him to like say? You know, Rami Malek in, in No Time to Die, where it's like, I thought that was a little bit more shoehorned. The accent isn't perfect. Like, even though I really like that movie, I think you don't go for that movie because of Rami Malek. This movie, I think Skarsgård is a better quality villain in here that at least lays the groundwork for the movie to work all the way through its runtime. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I, I think it definitely works better this time because uh, he has a goal. And by hook or by crook, he's going to get what he wants. <laughs> yeah. His motivations seemed a little like, you know, self-serving and like, you know, childish. Mm. Yeah. Because he wants to be known. You know, he wants his legacy yeah. stuff to go on. Yeah. And he's like, you know, screw that guy that everyone loves. You know, he broke the rules and, you know, rules must be hel- upheld. I'm just like, don't be a dick. It's John Wick, man. You <laughs> right. <know? laughs> yeah. Just just let him live. You know? Right. He's been through a lot. Just, you know, move on with your life. Yeah. But no, he can't. <laughs> and, you know, his hubris is, will be his uh, downfall. But, yeah, like, uh, he basically came in. I'm just like, who is this guy? Right. To just like, you know, I, I'm i the marquee and, uh, you know, what I say goes. And he's, you know, killing people left and right. Like, seemingly because he can. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the hell? Who's going to stop him? And who's going to say, like, you know, uh, yeah, let's let's get that John Wick. Yeah. You know? No one's going to speak up for themselves. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I, I got to say, his uh, his villainy was uh, top notch. I did not like him <laughs> for that reason. Yeah. You, you, you know? want him to Good die. Job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I would think, as opposed to, like, the old movies, we've we've always had that the carrot of the high table kind of dangled in front of us throughout the series. In part two, you have a guy who's on the outside looking in, trying to get on the table. And then you have his sister who just got minted into the table. And then part three, you have, uh, the, that woman who represents the, the high table and has an authority to kind of try to move the pieces around and take things away and do all that. This one feels like, He's the closest thing to being like the head of the table that we can utilize to really cement where we are in this franchise. Because I think, again, of of the faults of part three, where they kind of botched the the elder thing, where I thought the elder was going to have some larger piece or some clarity or some larger role. And that kind of was weak, I thought. Right. Um, so, Shane, you were saying about Bill Skarsgård as well, like... Where do you think he fits in? Do you at least like the theory of what he was, let alone the performance? You've actually uh, swayed me a little bit, Andrew. Yeah! Um, <laughs> you, you really did. Yeah. I just didn't think he was menacing enough. I didn't, like, at first I didn't buy him as the ultimate villain guy. You know what I mean? He didn't fit the type in my eyes. Uh-huh. But you're right. The presence that he had throughout the movie, and I actually did like the um, accent. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think he pulled that accent off. Yeah. But I think he was needed, and now that I think about it, plus what you said, I'm kind of coming around to him a little bit more. I didn't really 
get him at first. You know what I mean? Like, I like my villains to be just that menacing, like, oh, shit, we got to take a step back. And he never presented that to me, but I do like the role he played in this movie. For sure. Um, Before we get out of here, I want to do two things. One, I think I already put it out there where I put my power rank of the four movies. It's For me, it's this movie, two, one, three. Shane, uh, well, yeah, Shane, we'll start with you. Where do you power rank the four films? I go uh, four, one, two, and three. Yeah, which I think is a lot of people. I know I'm an outlier with that. Chris, are you the same? Uh, four, one, two, three. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. One, four, two, three. That's oh, okay. Right. Interesting. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I do love the first one for its simplicity and and just, you know, introducing us to this world. Sure. Yeah, and why not? So, so now I guess I'll, we'll get into our own personal scores. And I I told Chris this off air, and I want to see, I'm glad we're doing this with anything. video, you know, face-to-face of sorts, because I want to tell Shane, look into my eyes, buddy. This is the first five-star movie I've said on this podcast, and this is the first five-star I've given in four years. Outstanding, sir. Yeah. Maybe three. I forget whether I gave um, Writers of Justice five stars, but definitely it's easily the fir- best movie I've seen in years. I-, I agree. You want me to stand up now? Stand up. <laughs> yeah. yeah that probably, like, now I'm afraid for you. Does that count as a one? <laughs> now we might have to call the hospital and put it on standby. You know, check your blood pressure, all that stuff, because it's, I don't know how we're going to ride that long. But, so Shane, j- just rip it off, buddy. Are you with me? It's a, come on now. It's a five. It's a five. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. I can't score this anything less. It's the best movie I've seen this year. It's the best movie I've probably seen in a several years and and it's a five like it's just no doubt about it we're on the same page buddy yeah i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe i was thinking i like my brother he's uh you know he's a very harsh critic we talk about movies all the time and when he was just like yeah man don't let me know he's like i i I loved it so i'm like oh man this is gonna be incredible and it and it lived up to every bit of it so chris as not your favorite of the franchise uh-huh, I'm interested uh-huh, to uh-huh. see how much this one may have dropped. I am uh, afraid of the peer pressure that you two are just like. <laughs> That's why I know, did it this way. On yes. me right now, but I, I got to stick with my guns. Uh, you know, it's not a perfect movie. How fucking um, how dare you? But yeah. it. But I got to say, it's my favorite in in God knows how long. I can't tell you the last time. What uh, last year around this time. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> Maintained uh, my my number one movie. Well, I'm just going to say it. So I say it's a four. Okay. Four out of five. Okay. Which is high for me compared to the way I've been scoring things lately. It's like two and a half and threes. Right. Right. So do you consider so the first four one? Four high bar. Like what? Four and a half, five? Obviously, it would have to be. Four and a half, five for the first one. Yeah. You know, uh, again, it was... It was a simple story, revenge story. I got it. Uh, even going back to uh, when when I do my Fun Friday trivias, I look up uh, trivia of movies that will coincide with what's coming out, right. anniversaries, whatever. And since John Wick was coming out, I was just like, let me look at the first one. And I'm going through the list of uh, tidbits for it. And each one, I'm just like, that is so clever. 
Right. That is so clever. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I forgot that part. Right. I'm like, oh wow, that's and I'm just like in awe still from that. Right. And then uh just for the hell of it, I was just like, I don't know who wrote this, but let me check it out. And I checked the uh <laughs> the writer for it was a guy who uh, really doesn't have much else <laughs> to brag about. Uh-huh. So I'm just like, this is his standout character and his role and whatnot. So um, I'm like, this is like a unicorn. There, a guy with a you know, not a great filmography, mm-hmm. uh, makes this one standout film and has expanded it beyond one right. to four. Right. So it's like, yeah, the first one was was so good. And I've always been, and and I, I think me and Shane are on the same level with this, we've always been fans of Keanu. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, How could you, you know, not root for that guy? I mean, but that's his, the thing. His, like, that, a lot of his real like, oh, life story is heartbreaking oh, on top of everything yes. else and, and being some of the like classic movies of our lives. Yeah, it's hard not to root for that guy. And like he will forgo a paycheck and pay for other people. Like he's that yeah. much of a humanitarian. Of course. And he's in Hollywood where those are like rare in itself. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I'm not naive enough to say like he is the greatest actor of our time. <laughs> no, not, no. Yeah. He's yeah. he's not a great actor. Yeah. He's you know, there's some films where he suffers. Yeah. Uh, when they let him act. Yeah. Um, but most of the time it's just like, good for him. Right. I'm glad he got that role. Yeah. Oh, thank God for Bill and Ted, you know, number three, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, you, you root for him because of his, his outside antics or his, his lifestyle. Sure. You know, he's still wearing the beat up shoes from 1985. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's humble. He's, he's great with others yeah. you know he's humble it's just you can't say enough good things about him absolutely he's just a, an overall great guy yeah all right so now that we've kind of got to the end for the true people if you are still this silly idiot that has lasted this long i i i'd be remiss if we didn't just at the very end here go is john wick five gonna happen and do you want it I, I could almost speak for Shane, but, like, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I mean, come on. I'll take as many of these movies as they're going to dole out. So, yes. Would I be satisfied if this was the end? Of course. But do I want another? Yes, please. Like, let's yeah. give it one more knuckle up there. Let's go. Another yeah. knuckle. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. No, but seriously, guy, I'll take a fifth one. If it's going to be as good as this one, if they have a... I know the I laugh when I say this, but story behind it because <laughs> uh-huh. this one was actually a pretty good story wise. Yeah, with yeah. character development, I'll take a fifth one. I mean, why not? I think the extra credit scene sets up what would be an interesting story for it, right? And I hope they don't make that into they've they've tipped up like you know, oh, we're gonna do a John Wick TV series for Stars or Amazon or somebody, and got it. I don't want that. And then if we're talking, if the franchise goes forward and doesn't have actual John Wick in it, I think that's a mistake too. I don't need the Born Legacy kind of thing or whatever uh, stuff, whatever that movie with, uh, with Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Snow, uh, snowmobile guy. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Rough. Oh. oh, man. Hey. <laughs> Still 
soon? Positive news on that. I heard he is walking and things like that. Awesome to hear about Jeremy Renner's success. Um, But, Chris, you in for part five? Uh, What are your thoughts? Are you, like, if they went forward without him because he is presumed dead, you know, is that a no-go for you? Okay, this is multifaceted. Uh, I think in the news today, they said they're still going forward with a five. Right. What that means, we don't know. Right. But I'm for it. Like, I wasn't sure I was for a four, but here we are just, like, you know, filleting it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. Whatever, but... Mr. Four Star. Go home. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, still, still above a three. Um, I know. And this year, so, that's his high mark. Yeah. Right? That might as well be a five. Let's just say fives all around. But. If it's with him, great, you know, because I, I think he can do it at 60. Right. <laughs> this is the other thing I wanted to mention, right? Keanu is currently 58. Uh-huh. Oof. Donnie Yen is a year older. Yeah. Shut up. Really? Tom Cruise is 61. Right. I can't get out of bed without clicking <laughs> or cracking. Yep. And I get winded on slight inclines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible for these people to exist, yet they do. I know. So if Tom Cruise can jump off buildings at 61. Yeah, jump out of Keanu can make another yeah, one. Exactly. Yeah, with you how know? good their and, editor is, they could do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I wish they had this editor for uh, uh, the Irishman. You know, <laughs> yeah. just like, all right. Can you make the stomping look a little youthful? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's just like, I can't believe it. You know, all right, given, you know, De Niro was like, you know, late 70s <laughs> for that uh, that role, right. but still. So what if they did Irishman 2, but they had the stunt coordinators from <laughs> John Wick do it and just really went all out? Oh, you in God. for that? Yeah. Uh. No, no, that <laughs> okay. would that's that's three hours I can't sit through again. Yeah. Jesus, hey, you, you you bring up a good point though because with Keanu Reeves moving forward, I'm all in for a five. If it doesn't involve Keanu Reeves, it's a harder sell for me. Though right. I'll probably see it anyway because it's my kind of genre. Yeah, yeah. But I would be interested to see where they go without Keanu Reeves involved in this franchise. It was impressive, and you pulled up the numbers at the at the top. For a non-comic book <laughs> yeah. entity or a movie, for it to make 131 million, is that what you said? Uh, is 137, out, just, yeah. It's just outstanding. Yeah. And just like, yeah, it doesn't need to be Marvel or DC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's go. Like Creed, what was it? Creed and now Wick or like tops of the year so far, box office wise? Yeah, I think what was it? Think 60 so, yeah. mil for Creed three, I think was the <clears throat> Uh, you know, again, Ant-Man probably did around the same, but really fell off fast. I don't know where the numbers right. sit with that. But and, so, yeah, for non-comic book stuff to be right neck and neck with where Marvel sat, that's impressive. Yeah. And I think this has staying power because I think word of mouth is going to get out. Like you said, it's it's rewatchable as hell. Oh, yeah. Like I'm there. Yeah. So like I'm curious to see where it lands on the second weekend out. I don't think you'll see a massive dip. Not only that, because there's really nothing it's competing against this week. Yeah. Also, understand that Creed three and Ant Man, if that's the competition for box office success, 
those movies were at or like I think Creed three was maybe a tinge over two hours and Ant Man was like around two hours or even maybe slightly under, if I remember. Right. Like, all around that. This movie for being so long actually hurts its box office because it can't have as many showings a day and yet still uh eclipsed uh either both of them or at least Creed three, which is super impressive. So right. So I'm in for part five too. I'm curious to know whether what we're supposed to take out of the Akira part of this, whether she is now going to be like, you know, an anti-hero bad guy kind of thing for part five, and that's where we're going to take it now that the high table is kind of out of the way. It becomes a personal story. I don't know if she's supposed to be killing Donnie Yen or whether Donnie Yen will survive and then they both go after her or however that is staged, but I need Keanu. Or I'm out. And I don't want a series. no Because I don't want them to split apart their time to be like, do fight choreography for TV and then have the movie suffer or delayed. I want it right now. I want to see where right. this shit is. I want to see whether he survived. I want all these you know, unanswered questions to be answered. So immediately, I, I need something. And I, I almost don't want to see a trailer. <laughs> I, I think Chad had said he was up in the air on doing the fifth one yeah uh plus other projects uh I, I think he'll probably have like a producer credit for five yeah see those are usually when those suffer off. right but uh, i think he has a good enough crew that he can trust them to do just as good in his absence yeah and let's hope you know that what I mean? the you know the writing team's all stay in place for how much I was very skeptical about Shay Hatton, uh, mostly because I was introduced to him by being attached to Snyder, um, and yeah. he was, you know, did the script for Army of the Dead and a lot of those things. So I was like, eh, all right, Shay Hatton, you're not super impressive. This movie, he, they killed it. So I don't know yeah. how to feel about him now, and especially if he goes on to do other big things because he seems to be involved in a lot of the big franchises. So I don't know. Uh, I might have to turn around on the writing skills of Shea Hatton. Him and Michael Finch killed this one. So if everybody stays and then Stahesky needs to move on, okay. I wouldn't love it, though. I think Keanu, I don't know if Keanu stays if he leaves. So uh, all of that is probably in negotiation. So we'll see. Yeah. But any other uh, final words, guys, before we wrap this up? I will say this. Uh, if Charlie Cox cannot play Daredevil, Don Yen, please step up. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think Shane will cry, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not out on that. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe put him in that franchise. That would be dope. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Ooh, the new stick, the MCU's stick. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Sorry, Scott Glenn. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> Anything from you, Shane? Any final thoughts? No, I think we summed it up. I mean, this movie was everything I was wanting it to be. It was everything. It it just did. It exceeded all my expectations, which is hard to do for a John Wick movie. Yeah. So erect is the word I have to come to mind. Yeah. Fully <laughs> erect. Sit down. <laughs> all right. Let's end this X-rated podcast right now before it gets any worse. <laughs> And hopefully you guys will give us the five stars, give us the four Viagras, whatever our metric is right now at this point in the podcast, and come back next week. Catch us all uh, on the flip side. 
for more recent activity. <laughs>